0: Hello ladies and gents, you're with Adriana Soros, I'm the coach of Rapanarama, that's the name of my team this year, I was living to meet a local last year, but I'm going with a Raiders themed one, I'm a Raiders fan, so Rapanarama is the team, tonight we're going to do the team previews of the West Tigers and the Brisbane Broncos, look, you know, the Tigers, we're not expecting much of them this year ladder wise, but they do have some super coach options, and here to talk about them is a Tigers fan, the super coach Whisperer, welcome to the show mate. Hi, mate. Thanks for getting me on.
1: I wonder what the odds were for you and I to do a podcast uh, 12 months ago because it was some trouble
0: waters. Yeah, we had a bit of a, a an awkward start. It was probably my fault mostly. I was on the beer. I was heavy on the beers there. I'm I'm not on the beers anymore. I've I've been off for a good couple of hundred days now. And last year, I mean, poor old Rob Sutherland and the and the Daily Tally. You know, my whinging and negativity. You know, I guess that, that's what it brought out of me on the drinks. And I was probably rough on you as well. But
1: uh, it, it is what it is, mate. It's all good. <laughs> no stress. We're here now.
0: But you know what we can say is it's got a lot better since then. You know, and and I, I will say you know I've been listening to the podcast you know with uh, the you and and Brew and I've really enjoyed them. You know, it's been um, someone like me playing BBL and doing super coaching on BBL. I wasn't really diving into much um, in the way of NRL super coaching. So having something to listen to in the car, it you know, sort of starts amping you up. You know, for the season upcoming and. You know, I think you're doing great stuff. You know, the both of you, I'm, I'm enjoying them.
1: You're the exact same, mate. Obviously, I was my first year of BBL, but could not be asked enough to really do anything around it. And then chucked on your pod, which, which helped me out. Um, it was a nightmare year. If, 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 if it's anything like what Supercoach is going to be, then we're in for a very, very long season. Thankfully, BBL was only what, five, six weeks. Uh, the NRL is going to be yeah, half a year. So hopefully uh, Peter Vlandes in the NRL can get it sorted and uh, it's seamless for us supercoaches. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, actually, that's a really good point. You know, today is the day that Supercoach went live. Um, we'll go through some of the things that have come in and what we think of them. Five trades, you know, we I, I talk to a lot of people on socials and they sort of say, think, oh, a wide range of things to me. We want two trades a week, unlimited. I, I, I never, I'm not a big fan of that. It makes the game too easy. And I think probably forecasting what the year is going to be like, five is probably conservative, but I don't mind it. I think there's every chance if we get something like the BBL and a team gets decimated maybe they inject some more trades again a la what what the BBL did but I don't mind five to start with how do you, how do you feel about it
1: I've got my own opinions on how I feel the game should be run but we have to remember that Supercoach isn't targeted for the top 1%. It's targeted for the for the other for the other 135,000 people to play it and I think we do get caught up in that that we have to be look after the guys that play it week in week out the guys that look at it every day have to be looked at personally i'd like to see 40 trades no cap on how much you can use them you can burn them all in five weeks if you want to um it just allows for more strategic planning but i guess i I play a fair bit of fpl where there's wild cards there's free hits there's all these different types of things but i I really feel sorry for the super coach guys i just said this on twitter today Mm -hmm. they're damned if they do they're damned if they don't people complain there wasn't enough trades uh people complain there is too many so you've got to cater for the masses. And I think they've done that, especially with some of the new, um, the, the stuff they've brought in, how we have the super trades, how we can use sort of one extra trade up to five times and, and everything like that. So it adds another bit of strategy into it as well. When do we, when do we use that exactly? Yeah. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been in chats with a few people that are sort of like, you know, I'll in the first three weeks, I can line up the cheapies and get all of them. I'll use one a week for the first three weeks and get myself set off to a great start. I've seen others saying, you know, that means I don't have to get such a long run up to the buys. All of those are really good things. I think that it's a good input um, to the rules, which is going to make a difference. Everyone's going to get into different styles of how they play, a bit more strategic, which I like. I think people need to understand probably with the five I think the five was added for last year's problems, concussions, a bit of COVID. You know, it was it's a conservative addition. But if we get a team, you know, six players out, I'm sure they're going to probably do something. They're probably got a contingency there to add in more. So don't panic. You know, and look, there's going to be people who are those obsessive traders that are going to burn all five. They're going to just go hard and burn them all, um, and it could be a bit of an ugly old end of the year for them. But There hasn't been as many changes. You you tipped it. You said probably nothing much. And I did say to people, don't get your hopes up. One that I was hopeful of was, you know, price changes from round one. I like that because I guess it's selfish in a way because I do a lot of study on players and pre-planning pre-season and try to get my cheapies right. And the good thing is is that generally I don't have to I don't panic, have to bring in players for those in those three weeks to get the right cheapies. Usually I get a couple of them right or most of them right. But I just think that would be – that would throw a catabunk to the pigeons for planning, and it would reward people for doing pre – you know, a little bit of pre-homework. And price changes from round one was something I'd like.
1: Yeah, especially with this with the new rules. Basically, you can have a pretty poor planner with your cheapies and have it fixed in three rounds, um, which is fine. It's appealing to the casual player. I totally get it. But you've got, to, you've got to get a fine line. I think the best rule change, and you'd probably agree with this, is moving grand final from 25 to 24. Yeah, um, that's probably the best one for me because we all know round twenty five teamless Tuesdays is a nightmare.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's great. I like um, you know a lot of us know how to trade once in in the middle of a round, but you know they've sort of just made that more official, you know, worded wise, so people know you know you lose to turbo in the warm up, you can you can trade him, you know, to Teddy. I think that's something that we all knew you, you can do, but. Not everyone knew. Uh, that you some of us,
1: it. some of us, accidentally trade in Alex Johnson and and don't realize for Brian <laughs> Toto midway through last year. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I think they've gone. I mean, I was saying to Tim Moody, you know, I think they might have missed a trick, because they could have very easily, in the coding, you know, and the and developers of the game, maybe bring in something for defense, like fifty tackles, you get a bonus blah points, and if you do sixty tackles, it might be reward the tackle bots a little bit, but, you know, I think in a way the game has sort of become obvious the way you play it. You know, I think there's three, maybe four types of ways you can play. Maybe now that you can use your extra trades whenever you want, you know, at at different parts in the season, maybe that fixes it. And also I think that they're probably pulling the game back a little bit this year with penalty inside the 40 meters, which might take away a little bit of the fatigue, you know, in the game. So maybe attack doesn't dominate defense as much because lines can get set a little bit more. Um, maybe that auto sort of adjusts the, what we what we saw happen last year, which was mayhem, you know, for scoring and and teams getting decimated.
1: I'm also pretty confident the teams now are going to come into the season a lot more aware of how the game's going to be refereed. We've got to remember that these changes were put in pretty much on the fly and teams were on the back foot. So your explosive players, like your Paps, like your Trails, like your Turbos and your Clearies, they're going to dominate. Yeah. Uh, I think they come back to the pack more so this year. Um, I still think there'll be some outliers. I still think we'll have a few guys average over 100, but 143, I feel, is just out of the question. Uh, and, yeah, I feel like game, we're not going to see 50 to six blowouts as, as frequently as we did last year. So makes for better viewing. Um, I know it's not great for Supercoach, but I'd much rather watch a 12-10 game than a 50-0 one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the change, I think they overcorrected with the six against and it just meant, you know, five, six, seven, six against in a row, teams just got rolled, you know, and you saw a lot of these, year you know, rolled games. You talk, you listen to the interviews at the end of the game, the players are like, we just couldn't come back from that. So, you know, penalty, they get to just, you know, back backpedal and get their line set. I think it will probably even itself out just with that change alone, you know, pulling that back a little bit, um, you know, and that's it lends itself to questions like, you know, Turbo v Paps versus Teddy. Now, I think this year I can see, you know, probably a little bit of a gap you know, tightening between those two. I think, you know, I talk to people and they're like, oh, there's no way Teddy and Paps will get close to turbo. But I think that they both had, you know, some things probably in their way last year. Paps obviously had, you know, HIA problems, played, you know, limited minutes, especially when he came back. And you remember those games where he sort of played a little bit sheepish? That definitely affected the way that he played. So I think he's got room, you know, to improve this year in right. super coach output.
1: When Pap played 80, he averaged 115. So yeah. to, to put him in that turbo bracket is not out of the question whatsoever. So, yeah, I think you and I have a very similar stance on the turbo debate. I think you and I are both just going to go clear, uh, Pap and Teddy, yeah. from, from everything that I've spoken to you in the offseason. We're, we're just going that route. Uh, yeah. At the moment, I'm finding it hard to also pick clear. I feel like my side is a little bit too unbalanced with him there. So I yeah. mean, as it stands now, Turbo was only owned by... of people and Cleary is owned by 25% of people. So there is definitely some room uh, if those two guys nail it for you to pick up points and pick up ranks pretty quickly, considering how low owned they are considering their output.
0: Yeah. I mean, I made a team with turbo and it was hard, you know, to make it and feel like you had a good, you know, even starting lineup. So I just just quickly went and, and got rid of it, you know, but I can make a team with Cleary you know, there's what is it, two hundred fifty? Or there's there's a bit of extra money. It's a difference between going someone like, I don't know, Leinu, yeah, you know, up to a, a TPJ difference yeah. in price between um, Cleary and and Tedesco. So I can see a world where you go. You know, I think that. Well, let's look at last year. The next best um, halfback was DCE with a seventy nine average. So this 30- that was
1: on the back of that was on the back of a historic fullback as well. So it's probably a little bit skewed.
0: Yeah, but and it I shows mean, you
1: how much shows you how much better Cleary was than the rest.
0: Yep. And he was the second highest average, you know. You know, I crunched some of his numbers; is amazing. But you know, DCE is traditionally a slower starter as well. So I think in a world where you know you pick between those two, I think the difference between Cleary and the next best, and I you know, and 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 Turbo to the next best, I think the gap is huger, you know, for Cleary. So um, I've got him in my team, you know, (laughs) currently. I should post my team, my updated team, but. Um, you know, lots of those things this year, I think are going to be, are, are going to be interesting round one questions for people. I mean, I think it's very easy to answer the question. Do you start with Teddy and turbo? No. <laughs> I mean, people who do that have got like six nuffs. You can't do it.
1: Um, the only, the, the thing I'll, I'll bring up, if Cleary didn't have this off season shoulder surgery, I don't think we have this debate. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just, it's, I think it's just an unwritten rule that you're picking. And the issue is the shoulder. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's, if you go turbo, I mean, I'm very vocal on the two-gun fullbacks, no budging from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go turbo, it's Pat with me. But I've seen some people go turbo and Jaden Campbell. Uh Brew and I discussed this uh, on our podcast that there is room for someone like Latrell to drop down after two or three weeks. He comes back, starts a bit slow from suspension or whatever, does have two pretty hard games. Um You get a price drop from him and you may get a price rise from someone like a Jaden Campbell. And it could be effectively be a, a flip. So if, uh, if Latrell loses 80K and... Campbell gains like 80K. I think it's pretty much a a basic flip. So there is a world where you do that. You go, uh, we use Reese Walsh as as the example, but we later found out he was suspended for round one. But Walsh or Campbell, you could go with one of those two guys with the idea of flipping them up to a Luttrell um, because, yeah, South have a gun run from like round seven to rounds 21. So they have a really good middle part of the year. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of room for debate this year, which is good. Um, And the fact that Luttrell is out for the first two rounds I think that really helps the fullback debate because if he was in the the mix, it makes it even more confusing. But now that yeah, now that we can just go uh, turbo. I oh, sorry, Pap and Teddy. I think it's pretty pretty safe in my books. But yes,
0: yeah, yep, definitely one of the you know well, one of the many things we can talk talk about you know in the in the lead up to uh, round one. All right, so let's talk the Tigers. Um, I'd, look,
1: ra- I'd rather we didn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, rough times ahead. Oh, look, you know, I was the Raiders. Yeah, you know, we had, we had grand final, then we were pre leave and then we we're out of the eight, you know, isn't that always the way then? So I've got a lot of people saying we're going to be 10, 12 this year. I think we might hover around the eighth, but I don't think it's going to be you know, a great year for the Tigers. Unfortunately, I think they'll, you reckon they're going to be bottom four, aren't they? Probably. Uh,
1: yeah. I've got them 15th. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some options, you know, super coach wise for them. So let's run through their lineup, you know, predicted lineups, you know, for this year. Um, it's going to be Dane Laurie in fullback. And there's no arguments over that. Nofaluma and Ken Mamalo on the wings. Oliver Gildard, he's pretty solid to take that center. He's not going to, he's, he's an England international. He's going to take the center, isn't he?
1: Yeah, um, did a little bit of digging into his English civil league stats. He won't set the world on fire. He's going to be very attack reliant. He's not a guy that gets through a lot of work. So I'm fine for you to pick him, but I wouldn't be starting him until we see more from him. Um, I think the big talking point in this back line is the next spot. Uh, we've just had Astrid Kapawa go down, which opens yeah. up probably three or four different variants. We can play Ken Marlowe in the centers and play Safa Toa on the wing. Mm-hmm. Marlowe's a big body. Defense leads a little bit to be questioned. Uh, there's obviously uh, Rhys Hoffman as well. He's played one NRL game back in 2022. Uh, and there's also Tyron Peachy, but I do feel they've signed Peachy to play that roaming role rather than put him in the centers. capola uh, should be back around round four, round five-ish. Uh, I think it's a 10-week injury and that would leave him, yeah, about round four round five. So the the other center spot is definitely up for debate. Um, at the moment, I've just put Mamalo there with Tala on the wing, but yeah, I don't, about, I don't really see that happening.
0: What about Jimmy the Jet? He's training down the house apparently
1: um, He was training the house down last year I started with him and, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that burnt me um, Look, yeah, Laurie It'll be Laurie, Laurie Stafford Toa, Mamalo and Nofaluma, That kind of That's some kind of rotation With Oliver Guildhart as the other centre But the other spot I wouldn't want to be Madge Because we have depth there But nothing decent So maybe they play Toa as a centre Maybe they play Mamalo Or maybe they go back to like Reese Hoffman Or someone like that
0: Yep. Uh, In the six, it's going to be Jackson Hastings. Um, He is going to be popular for teams. We'll talk about him, obviously, when we go through them for super coach purposes. But we're going to have Luke Brooks in the seven, um, Tamo in the eight. It's going to be Jacob Little in the nine, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've got Stefano, Jacob Little, and and James Tamo as the middles.
0: Um, The second row is one that interests me. Um, Look, a lot of the teams I'm seeing out there is obviously... Leilua, Lucy, and Garner. Um, and, you know, I just worry about – there was there was a period last year where they were actually favoring Bloor ahead of Ghana. At the start of the year, obviously, he had that injury. Do you think it's going to actually be um, Luke Garner and Luciano? Because Bloor would be a pretty good option if he started in the second round
1: law would make our life a lot of a lot easier um the thing with garner is he's a very six and a half out of ten football you'll never get a worse game you'll never really get a better game out of him he's a very safe pair of hands um i do think it's lay lua and garner to start and we'll touch on my thoughts on lay when we we touch on the tiger's assets as to who we're targeting yeah um, i do feel if he puts a foot wrong the fact that he's leaving the club next year then he could make way if he's not putting in 100 percent, madge isn't the kind of guy that puts up with that mm. so the fact that he's leaving next year, if Luciano doesn't hit the ground running, uh, there could be a spot for Sean Bloor. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I do have Luciano, Garner, and then I've got Alex Twal at 13.
0: Yeah, same. I think, you know, there was rumours um, that maybe he get an early release, Luciano. And he, you know, it's not beyond a lay because I've obviously watched BJ for a long time at the Raiders for a bit of bad attitude and laziness. Unfortunately, so, I
1: also had the the joy of watching BJ as well, mate, so we've both been in that same yeah,
0: boat. Well, he, yeah, well, he, he didn't last long, did he, over there? But, uh, look, you know, that had obviously put the kibosh, you know, on a floor to start the year, but he might be, you know, a, an option, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, or you, you, Luciano gets dropped or something. But I agree. I think it'll be Garner and, and Leilua. Yeah. Um, on the bench, we see probably Peachy, unless he goes into that center wing, but he's, he is the, the 14. Um, Joe O. McHaleigh, what's his name? He's How do you say his name?
1: Yeah, I think you and I have the exact same bench. Tom, uh, Tyron Peachy, Joe Hoffman, Giawe, Thomas McHaleigh, and Sean blaw
0: Yep. So that's how I see them lining up. Let's talk about the, look, the way that I look at the Tigers. I've got one premium out-and-out out gun, and they're injured, <laughs> and that's Adam Dewey. It's unfortunate, I think, you know, him being center wing 5'8", you know, eligible um, at his, you know, price. I mean, he's pr- pretty expensive, but you know, when's he going to come back? And do you actually see him going? He's going to Is he going to come back and play in the centers?
1: I think that depends on how Hastings goes or, or Brooks, because if, if Brooks, we, we know that Brooks is under, under pressure. Uh, he cops at the media left, right and center. Some of it unwarranted, some of it is warranted. Um, but Madge didn't hesitate to move. Uh, Dewey to the centers last year and he performed well. So there could be a world where Dewey comes back. Look, he will, he will be in my side when he returns, but he will be in my side probably around 20. I want to give him eight weeks to come back from this knee injury. Um, I use Victor Radley as an example when I'm talking about ACLs, because he started quite slow last year, hit the ground running at the end of the season. So I just like to use him as a metric personally. Uh, also the fact that the Tigers from rounds 19 onwards play the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Knights, Cronulla, and they play the Roosters in 23, St. George in 24, and the Raiders in 25. So a pretty good run apart from the Roosters. So Adam doing back to full fitness. He's very similar to Tohu in the stocks that I have on them. When I'd be looking at picking them up, it'd be around yeah, 18 to around 20 running home. But no, no no, denying he's our best player by far and away. And yeah, I really want him back. I think, it's a, I think he's ready for, for round 10 whether the Tigers play him straight away will, will determine, I guess, on how our season's going at round, at round 10, round 11.
0: Yeah. Um, look, they've got some players that are a rung below that, but still, you know, there's a couple of good options in there, you know, in the price points and um, in, the, in the level below um, Dewey. And number one for me is Stefano. He's a very popular pick for teams this year, 457,000, which is a good price in the front row. You know, the average last year, 52.1, wasn't, you know, outstanding in the front row. You know, even someone like Thomas Burgess had a better average. You know, but we must remember um, that they didn't use Stefano to his full you know, potential in the start of the year. From around uh, you know, 19, he had a minutes sort of jump. You know, uh, Stefano and the scores started to jump. You know, so I think this year he's going to be sort of a mid 60s, you know, type scorer as a minimum this year, and I think he's a good option for teams.
1: Yeah, so he nailed down his starting spot round 18, had scores of 91, 47, 62, 55, 82, 50, 83, 57. So, look, he did score three tries in that period, uh, but he's a big body. I do expect him to score a few pies next year. He's just that kind of guy that can break the line open, similar to a Payne Haas. Uh, he'll just make something out of nothing in the middle. I'm not saying he is Payne Haas, but has that quality. Um, he had a run home of, what is it, 65.8 points a game, which included 59 base power. So the work rate's definitely there. We're getting him at an average of 52. I just don't see a world where he doesn't start. He is our best forward um, that's here long-term. We signed him from the Eels with all the hopes in the world. Yeah, I mean, kind of burnt owners last year. I remember I sold him and it it felt like the minute that I sold him, that's when it really picked up for him because he was just sort of a slow burn. He'd prod up and down and then got that starting spot and really killed it. So I don't really see a world where he doesn't have that. Even at 50 minutes, I'd be very happy if he pumped out 50. His PPM is very solid. So definite value. You're not going to lose money on him. And I agree with you. I reckon 63 to 65 would be a great average.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at that price point, you've got a few options. You know, there's someone like Arrow. And I actually was talking to Tim. I think I sort of half converted him on Arrow because, you know, Arrow had a a sort of minutes problem last year as well and coming off the bench, but I gave him some figures on arrow when he plays 60 minutes, which he played a few times last year. And the average is more like 65. So I've got arrow in my team currently, but you know, around that four and he's dual, which is great as well. But um, you know, I think around that price point, you've got Lindsay Collins coming off an ACL, you know, you've got um, Stefano, you've got arrow, um, you know, hundred K more. You've got Lindsay TJ. Collins. Paul yeah. Vaughan,
1: Adam yeah. Finnell, Blake, all these guys. You can throw a blanket over them. Uh, Collins, worry about the injury, of course. Jai Arrow, uh, I never thought I'd be saying that I'm actually keen on Jai Arrow considering <laughs> uh, the love that I had for him last year. But yeah, I really like his numbers on the edge. Jai Arrow's more of a guy that won't be in my team until Tuesday night of Peanless Tuesday because I want to see if he gets that edge spot over Host. Um, but yeah, really, really keen on him. His numbers were good. But yeah, all signs point towards Stefano. For me, I feel like he has the most up- upside I don't think any of those guys that we've mentioned in that sort of 450 to 520K price bracket, I don't think any of them will let you down. But mm. I feel Stefano has probably the best ceiling out of them all and the best ability to to turn your 457K into, I don't know, 540, 550. And then yeah. we can move him on to someone like a TPJ if he's started to find his feet at the dogs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I see certain positions this year as opportunities to save a little bit of money. And that's what you knew, um, is perfect for you know. He doesn't cost as much as you know. You you go TPJ, you go Hass, you know, and you, you can get it, him for a better price. You know, I think the output's going to be good.
1: We're going to touch on the Broncos at the, end, at the back end of this podcast. But where are your thoughts on on Hass? Are you are you in the
0: the must have camp with him just being the outlier front row forward? Look, I um, looking at looking at um, Hass. I'm going to make the big call this year that I think TPJ will be within five points of him.
1: Don't, yes. hate yes. don't hate that. Yeah, don't hate that. On Burton's edge, that could be anything. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for him attacking wise for the first eight rounds. Uh, the draw isn't great, but we know that he can just pump out offloads and and he's got a good base. He keeps his head. Um, I think he could plot along the 63, 65 points in that first eight rounds. And then if that's if that's his bottom, and Burton's feeding him good ball against uh, weaker opposition, we saw him at the Broncos. I think he was uh, he had he had a run of like seventy seven or eighty points a game. So definitely, uh, I like that call.
0: Yeah, I just think you know I'm someone who has Cleary. You know, I'm I'm looking at footage of of Cleary. He's looking fit. I think he's probably I'm I'm tipping 35 or 40 points at least for the first half of the year. Better than the next half back. I know they've got a couple of tough games early, but to me, the problems that shit me to tears last year were um, dummy half, and they were you know, halfback when I didn't have Cleary. And so I just, this year I'm sewing up those spots right from round one. So
1: that's the exact reason why I'm number one ticket holder on the Harry Grant train, because it's yeah. just a, you just put, you put him there and you're done.
0: Yeah. So look, front row is somewhere I've chose to, to save some money. I've got Utikamano and I've got TPJ up there. So I am very pro Has, And if I had the, if, 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 if I wasn't going with Cleary, just say so I went down to a Sexton, which, you know, if I was going again.
1: You're describing my. you have my team. I've, I haven't gone clear. I've gone Sexton, but then, but then I have gone Haas. So,
0: yeah. So if as soon as I did something like that, and I've gained that 500k, it's Haas you know, up, and I've got you know Mato in there. I'd get him up to Angus, you know. I'd make some changes just to premium up a few of the other ones where I've saved some money. But um, I think Stefano's a good a good option to start the year. Um, look, let's talk Luciano. You know, last year he was pretty good. You know 61 average, 61.6 average you know, from him, 539,000. So, you know, we were talking Colo and Mutangi, you know, Tim and I, and he wasn't someone for us to start the year. You know, even though he did pretty well last year, got a 60 plus average as well. Um, Luciano, I can't look at last year's figures because I know he's signed elsewhere and I know he's had a couple of little words about the club and I just don't think he's going to be on for a better year than last year.
1: This isn't something that us stats geeks can, can really back up. We don't have data to, to persuade you from taking Lucci. A lot of people will take him because he's a, a really good mid-range 2RF that's going to give you 60. He's also got that big upside, the X factor, that people are looking for with a good ceiling. And there is no stats to back this up. But he has signed with the Cowboys. He has made it pretty clear he's keen for an early release. I, I think he's first choice, no doubt about that. But the minute he puts a foot wrong, Madge isn't the kind of compassionate coach who so will put an arm around him and say, hey, mate, let's just get through the end of the season. Imagine Madge will just drop you and I worry that yeah, Luciano just has a stint playing for playing for Reggies. And that's a, that's a, there's no there's no stats to back this up. But Luciano is probably one of the biggest avoids I've got at the Tigers just because of the, the environment around him and the situation. And the fact that like if the Tigers can just say, Why would we develop you as a 25 year old when we've got twenty-four year old Isaiah Papaliti coming in and 21-year-old Sean Borsey on the bench? So if you're gonna put a foot wrong, that there's the door. You made your bed, go sleep in it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, 539, you know, you could go, you could go. If my yeah. Yeah. Go someone, you know, better uh, who's in a better position in their team. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just going through the numbers, you know, Alex 12, 57.3 average last year. He's just over 500 K. He's going to start, we think at lock, but with that bench, you know, I have minutes concerns you know, and he has had an injury or two as the physio will, uh, let everyone know it's always getting questions about 12.
1: Yes, uh, look, I love 12, loved 12 two years ago. I think he averaged 65 or so. I want to say, um, very meat and potatoes footballer, nothing exciting. He's not the modern 13, we don't really have much else to do, so he'll do that, he'll do a job. Um, but yeah, the game's gotten too quick for him. And that bench, Joe Offer, Hank Yowie, Thomas McKayley can all play through the middle. Um, Stefano the is the, the golden. No, Pichy. Yeah, and Peachy, Peachy can, Peachy will. That's I guess that was my point. If, if you wanted to try and move twelve through the middle, then you've got McKaylee and Joff and Gowie. If you want to keep 12 at 13, you've obviously got Peach there to come in and roam. Um, I think Jacob Little, we'll, we'll touch on him. I mean, he's not very exciting, but mm. I think the minutes are going to be there. Uh, yeah. I think Madge trusts him. Uh, they brought Peachy into play probably 13 and a bit of a roam. So wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Little play 80 minutes a game, average 55, 60, nothing exciting, but maybe that's oh. what you're after.
0: I mean, I, I had little, cause obviously he was a cheapie and I just couldn't get around to, um, you know, getting him out and he, just he every now and then, well, he was just banging out scores, you know, he outran, was it stains? I was going to say, I'll never forget the, uh, the outrun stains. That was, that was a good, <laughs> but, that was a good <laughs> Yeah. Look, I don't know if I'd do it, but he could, but yeah, he, he's not actually the worst, you know, because he was yeah, last year. He surprised me, you know, he surprised me, you know, how good he was for, for a cheapie, um, nofaluma talk to me about nofaluma he's four hundred sixty-seven thousand, which you know in the past you would if you saw a 400 nofo you'd just jump all over it look i was surprised last year his average was 53.3 which is probably higher than i thought for him all, all i all i remember is talking to people who owned nofo just going and i owned him in a draft i think and then and he's shitting me to tears but well you know four hundred sixty-seven thousand. what do you think about him for this year
1: Look, with Nofo, 2020 was the year for him. 2020 was also the year he, the last time he had Benji Marshall, fed him so much ball. He was involved in all of our, basically, attack. We brought in Kemba Marlow, He started to see a bit of ball down the left. And obviously, Dane Laurie came in uh, and he plays fantastically off the left-hand side. So some of that attacking potential has gone away from Nostaluma. The base is still relatively there, but he's not what we once thought. I've put him in... Sort of i've put him in, in a watch and see category because i want to see how he links up with whatever hars partner he's with whether it is hastings or whether it is brooks and i also want to see who's inside of him whether they whatever route they go with this other center spot i want to see if it's Gildart or i want to see if it's it's the other person he's probably a wait for me mm. although if you told me 24 months ago i could buy no foot at 450k obviously we'd eat your hand off but it's just been downhill since he lost Benji. Um, I had him pencil as one of, the, one of the biggest decliners last year, one of the few things I, I actually got right, believe it or not. But, like, since then, it just hasn't been the same with him. Like he just, I don't know. He just doesn't go looking for the ball as much
0: as what he did. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I want that's to see what him I come noticed. Yeah. That's what I noticed. He just a lot of teapots out there because he didn't get the ball. And, and, you know, he's not one of those ones that goes looking for it, unfortunately. He does for yardage out of his own area. But, you know, I just... He needs them to, he needs to jag some tries. They need to go his way so that he pumps up his, his base, you know, with the odd try or two. But they just don't seem to attack like that as much. Not, not last year anyway. But, you know, he's cheap and he's going to be in there. You know, you've got Stags, you've got Aiken. I'm just going to prefer them. You know, they're going to have good base as well. And Stags. There's probably, you know, five, there's
1: probably five guys in that price point that I'd rather go Jack Bird, Aiken, Tony Stags, Paul Momorowski. I've all got above uh, Nofaluma. Not saying I'm ruling him out, but. I think he lacks an experienced half. I think the Tigers lack an experienced half, but he, he needs someone just to tell him what to do. And I feel yeah. like losing Benji was a big loss for for not only the Tigers, but also him.
0: Yep. Um, look, I put Laurie in there, but there's no point discussing him because I'm the same boat as you. You know, there's, in my, fullback's not a place to muck around him, in my, in my opinion. Um, yeah, one, the
1: gen- one, of the, one of the biggest losers out of all this new positional shifting was Dane Laurie. The fact that he yeah.
0: lost in a wing, uh, yeah. it just kill, it just kills him. Yeah, definitely. Um, genuine, you know, 300K sort of MIDI, Jackson Hastings. Tell me about him. You know, I was in a chat where somebody owned him, you know, when he was last in the NRL and said he was around a 50-type you know, type scorer. Is that? Is that what he was at last time? So, I he's a very different player too, by the way. He's learned a lot since then and grown. But what, what would he know about him?
1: 19-year-old uh, playing for the Roosters who came 15th that year, averaged 52. So really good base to work off. That's probably similar where the Tigers are going to lie. So pretty good numbers to, to compare him to. Gotten a lot older, a lot maturer. Um, in the English Super League fantasy, he had the highest average per game. That takes into account kick meters, though. So it's very similar to NFL, uh, NRL fantasy. So um, courtesy Brew gave me those numbers. So he went looking for those. So it is there. And I also love the fact that he will most likely goal kick. Yeah. Goal kicked the, so the goal kick at a pretty good clip as well. Uh, I don't really see anyone in this side taking the kicking off him. Obviously, Adam Dewey will when he is back. But for the first, yeah, eight, nine rounds, Jackson Hastings won't set the world on fire, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 61, 62. If he's averaging 52 in a poor, uh, a poor rooster side, now he's got an older, more experienced adding goal kicking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 58, 62 in that sort of vicinity.
0: Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, they've got Hastings in 5'8 and they've gone double cheap, no, double midi sort of in, in the 5'8 position. So, you know, if you're going to want to play him, you know, I've seen people have him in their starting lineup and they've got Ilias on the bench, you know, as well. So, you know, with him, you know, I would say in a perfect world, you'd have him on the bench and see, you know, if how what his output's going to be. But, you know, he's 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 not a huge risk you know he's 300k he's going to kick goals it's always a you know that's the thing about sexton you may i've heard the i was talking to the super coach guns and kando and they were like small sample size for sexton it was against lower teams and i was like look even if it's lower teams if somebody shows that they've got a super coach friendly game you you know you you can i'm not i'm not worried that he doesn't have a good super coach output i'm just saying it was a small sample size and we don't no a hundred percent sure that it's going to be fantastic this year, but all the things we saw last year leads us to believe that he's got a super coach friendly game and he kicks goals. And if um, Hastings kicks goals, he's, he's going to be, you know, a better prospect than ones who don't.
1: I'm all over Sexton. So you'll never talk me off him. Uh, <laughs> I'm also all over. I'm also all over Hastings. I was going to buy Hastings at 400 K. So the fact that he came in at 350, uh, Yeah, obviously it's a lock in for me.
0: Yeah. Um, that's the mids. Um, let's go down to cheapies. We touched very briefly on Gildart. You know, I'm, I haven't got to Gildart in my team. I sort of found the money to go Cobo I really like the look of Cobo and he's not even guaranteed to get that spot. But I see a world where Kobo, you know, he's he looks like he's got the likely type shape, you know, the ranking-less type shape. And, you know, I could see a world where he takes fullback. I know that Tessie knew was pretty good last year. Obviously, we're going to talk Broncos. But... I've gone up for one of those ones that I, I enjoy watching, you know, and I don't know enough about Gildard. I watched him in internationals. And like you said, you now he relies on attack. And But the, the fact that he's going to be a lock into the position, imagine if we don't get all the cheapies. I, I've got Taylor May in my team, but I just quietly, just quietly, I shouldn't copy other people who say the old just quietly. I think they're going to probably go with stains to start the year. Yeah. I'd love if it was Taylor May, but Staines has more runs on the board. Apparently he's put on more bulk and the club's invested, you know, in him. So I think he'll probably start. So you've got to put a line through someone like Taylor May, you know, if you were hoping for him, because it's probably most likely going to be, you know, Staines. So, you know, Gildard is actually somebody who's going to play and he's going to play in center. He's going to be a starter. So, you know, that's, that's what he's got going for him.
1: Yeah. I've got Staines starting. I just feel like they're going to give him one more crack before they not pull a pin, but you know, maybe drop him down the depth chart. So you've got to strike a line through Mo, but you've also got to yeah, find the, the player else. But I've gone guild heart. I'm not loving the fact that he's 280. If he was 250, it'd make me more comfortable. But 280, I'm not I won't be playing him, which is a question that you have to ask yourself. How how expensive is too expensive to be leaving someone on the bench and probably 280 is my cutoff. Hopefully someone like an Isaiah Tass from the oh, yeah. South City Rabbitohs, he comes out and gets the starting spot. I don't have as high of hopes as other people that he does, uh, I think it's going to be Paulo and uh, Paulo and Mill yeah. uh, as the guys filling in that spot. Unfortunately, but if, if Tas comes in, it, it changes everything. Yeah. Uh, another cheapy is obviously Asuka Powa, two hundred and five k. He's injured, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you expect you expect he comes back into the starting side depending on the timeline. Um, because you, as we were touching on, um, Adam Dewey would most likely come back into that centre spot, so we may only get five weeks out of Kapoa, which would not be ideal. I, I don't know if, if you want to spend a heap of time talking on him. He's 205k, hasn't shown a whole lot, but it just depends on the timeline of his injury.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. The price was good, and I had him in the team till we found out he was injured. Um, mm. you know, it's there's, and obviously we we covered Bloor. If I'm all over Bloor if he if if by chance they do go with him start the year, he's just. I think there's some cheaper options for people this year that in the second row, and you know he he's a good one you know if 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 he does start if he's on the bench i don't know if i'd take a punt because he you know the minutes are a worry but I, i'm you know that's again that's a hope it's a hope that he, he starts he was starting towards the end of last year but what was that was was garner injured i think was it uh
1: one? yes i think so or maybe out of favor i can't remember that back that far. at the end of last year was pretty grim as a tigers fan we got touched yeah, he's, up by he's the got Bulldogs. some
0: swag he's got some swag you know, um, oh, I'll
1: never forget. I'll never forget the his debut against Parramatta. He just went toe to toe with Nathan Brown, and Nathan yeah. Brown is a very scary man to go toe to toe with. So, yeah, all the balls in the world. Um, one more cheapy that I will mention we have zero half depth. So, if anything happens to Brooks or anything happens to Hastings, Jock Madden's gonna be waiting there in the wings because we've got yeah. no one, we've got yeah. no one else.
0: Yeah, good shout. I mean, I think you know, there's with, with Ilias, you know, and with um. Hastings. They're probably going to be most people's reserves, but you know, if, if there was an injury and you had a cheapie come in at some point in the year, that's a good option, you know, someone there that you know would automatically come in at bottom price. Um, Look, that's probably them them in a nutshell. I think the best prospects are obviously going to be Stefano. I you know, I'm, I'm all over Dewey. He, He was such a, he was probably, there was a few enormous surprises last year. I think IPAP was one of them. Probably um Garrick we, we but we it was a surprise because of what turbo did, but no one ever expected that Garrick was going to average what he did and score what he did and um Dewey was a huge surprise to me, you know just from South's you know days, he didn't really show as much as what he showed last year, and he got far far assed around in that team positions wise and he still had great output, so you know I, don't
1: think, I, we I think we mentioned either that he picked up center wing,
0: which is huge, yeah oh yeah definitely so he's someone to keep your eye on i think it's stefano i think it's hastings and look i don't love saying it you know gilda yeah you know, i think he is a guaranteed a spot you know? so in that team he's probably somebody that, you know not that you can bank on but like you said you know it's he's not the most alluring you know option for teams blow if he did start i'm all over him as well beware um, of
1: Anywhere of the Staines territory with Guildhart. That's basically what we're
0: saying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, all right, over to the Broncos. Um, they are a team. I probably see a little bit of improvement in them, you know, this year. You know, how can you not improve with someone like Adam Reynolds, you know, in your team? But I think that they, you know, buying a, a player like Capewell you know, and, and Ryan James, probably good, good experience to put in the team as well. Um, Line-up-wise for them... Uh, we see probably Tessie New starting at fullback. Um, you know, we touched there on Cobo. I, I think Cobo is probably, you know, in the long term, you know, he looks like a fullback to me, you know, and and I, I don't know if that'll happen this year as well, but Tessie New was good late last year. And I think he'll get first crack uh, in the fullback position. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got Tessie New. Um, do you want to quickly note the injuries and suspensions that the Broncos have? They have. Uh, Brendan Cora probably one of yep. the biggest hyped guys that we have. He's suspended to round two. Thomas Flagler's suspended until round four. And Xavier Wilson, he is out with a knee until mid-season. Mm. As for your fullback spot, I also have Tessie New. Brew made a fantastic point, very similar to yourself, in that Cobo is probably the long-term fullback. Um, similar to the mold that Tessie New has taken. Started out in the centers and then got his crack at fullback with Jermaine uh, Sako exiting to the Dolphins next year. But, yeah, it probably is Cobo's. Spot eventually. I'm curious to how long Kevi gives Copper on the wing until he moves and Tessy. But interesting. I've got Copper at one wing. I've got Coates at the other. Where are you sitting with the, with the other wing spot?
0: Um, you know, I I, I would. I, is it going? I've seen some teams that have gone Corey Oates and Ozarko. I, I think they've got to be done with Ozarko, haven't they?
1: Yeah, and I made this point to Brew. And I, I want to get your take on it. Do you think Osako's spot was masked because of his goal-kicking? Do you think he, they were picking him because are like, oh, crap, we need a goal-kicker? Now they have Adam Reynolds. It's like, oh, well, that's one less quality Osako can bring us. So what's the point of keeping him around?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think yeah, people say, you know, it doesn't matter if you've signed elsewhere, but I think if they've got some genuine options in there, they're going to stick with the players that are, you know, that they've got in their future. So look, if Cobbo takes a wing, and I just think with his body shape and, you know, and, I can see him breaking tackles and scoring tries, and I'm all on board to the Cobo train. Um, look, I think it will. Do you, so you, you've you got um, Cobo on one wing. Did you say Oates on the other?
1: Yeah, Oates. now I just don't see a spot for Ozako.
0: Yeah, I don't see a, a spot for Osako. One player I do like is Jordan Pereira. You know, I liked yes. him at the Dragons. I liked. I like the cut of his jib too. He seems like a worker, and a, and <laughs> the cut, the cut of his jib. <laughs> yeah, I like the cut of his jib. He's. Oh. I, I like his. I like his style. Uh, look, and it to me, I'm not really sold on Corey Oates as a footballer anymore. I know that he's um, resigned now to the wing and I think he's training, you know, with his body to be a winger and look, you know, we can't deny that he represented, you know, on the, on, in the origin arena on the wing. So, you know, I think probably they give him a a go, you know, but if he starts like an old busted, I see Pereira coming in, you know, Jordan
1: Pereira is 236 K off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. So good price for you to start Um, decent base as well. So, Yep. Who knows? Uh, in the centres, I have Herbie Farnworth and Tony Staggs. I don't think there's any surprises there.
0: No, no. And actually, you know, we everyone's like, you know, all over Staggs. But Farnworth actually had a pretty good year last year when I looked at him. Surprising. He did.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think he was inflated a little bit by goal kicking. I fell into this trap uh, too. Um, yeah, yep. he, kicked, he kicked a little bit. Um, I just think he'll be on the weaker side, which is not ideal. Um, he, is, he is the Stephen Crichton to Tony Staggs' Matt Burton. They're they're going to be focusing on the right hand side, you would assume, and I would think Albert Kelly lines up on the left uh, with the with the halves, and obviously Adam Reynolds lines up on the right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, yeah, well, I agree yeah. with those halves. I mean, there's a few halves in the um, in the equation, isn't there? For for them, Kevy's the kind of coach that had just put Billy Walters in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Billy Walters, Ezra madam Don't worry about Adam Reynolds.
0: <laughs> yeah probably you can peel oranges bro it's all good yeah you know, i noticed i noticed on the news that tamari martin signed with them i really liked him yeah, as a player good. you know and oh, i actually like Albert kelly too a little bit he was pretty good last year as well but you know i think um he could be a smoky at some point in the year to come in because i think he's a very talented footballer um yeah
1: for, fingers crossed he just gets through obviously pre-season that's that's i think we, we all want that for him we want him just to get through unscathed and then yeah i'd really love to see a redemption story for tamari martin
0: yeah, and who's the pest that they had there last year in the six uh Tyson Gamble, ex tiger. Yeah. yeah, he handy. He, is he I mean he 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 wants the six, but I, I think they're gonna go with Elba Kelly. Um
1: yeah, I think I think you just go the Broncos have tried the Gamble Croft experiment, they tried the MILF Croft, they tried anyone and Croft, didn't work. Just go two experienced heads in Kelly and Reynolds. And Kelly was actually surprising last year. Yeah, uh, had a had a pretty good season when it comes to coach.
0: Yeah, and I think he actually, the style of player he is, suits Reynolds, you know, just quietly. So um, Payne Haas, he's going to be the eight. It's going to be Turpin in the nine. Uh, how are they going to, I mean, is it going to be Flegler that'll be their starting prop when he comes back?
1: Yeah, I've got Flegler as, as the better. Uh, if, if we were picking a best 17, I've got Flegler, um, but I've got Ryan James there at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Pat Carrigan just play prop because I feel like he's more suited to that role uh, rather than the modern 13. But yeah, I think, I think it'll be Haas, Turpin, James, and then obviously Pat Carrigan at 13. And then no surprises, but Ricky and Kate well in the back row.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sort of in your book as well. I think Carrigan would be great in the front row. And I like Kobe Herring- uh, Hevington as a 13, you know, in that sort of mobile, you know, good leg speed type 13 role. But I think he'll be on the bench. I think he'll be there fourteen.
1: Yes, I have Hetherington, T.C. Rabadi, Canon Palacia, and Reese Kennedy. And then I've got Reese Kennedy dropping out of
0: the side when Ryan James is back. Yeah, I mean, are you, are you talking about Piacora? Do you think Piacora is going to come back in on their bench?
1: I don't think he's ready, no. fully strong, fully fit. I don't think he's he's there. I think you'd rather give it to Rabadi, who showed a lot um, in the time that he was given, and I like Palacia. I think. Picora is is a future superstar. I just don't know if it's his time yet. I think he'll play some footy this year. But I think people are pinning their hopes and dreams on him as super coach value. And I think you'd be let down come round 2 of Painless Tuesday when he's available.
0: Yeah, well I mean he's suspended for the first round so you'd have to you'd have to take that risk of again you know, starting him and yeah, you could be well disappointed in in round 2. I mean he's just so cheap and you know, I just you know, in that team, I don't, I don't know. They've spent a bit of money on him. You know, they've invested some money in him, and Wilfred, I think, I think, I think, Wilfred's his biggest fan as well. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he obviously watches them. So, you know, I don't know. I think there is probably if you brought him in, he would be one of those nuffs that you probably see them coming in at some point in the year. But you know, this year I think more than ever, you can't probably go in heaps nuff heavy. Um. All right, let's go to the premium out and out guns. It has, you know what's he cost 595,800 the average 68 last year which is not even really you know it's, it's an illusion because of you know what it was before lodge and that left he is he, he will finish number one you know as uh, in the prop position he's a beast um and i think you know when you go through who's going to top score in each position i think he's a safe winner i think tbj you know, will could settle in, you know, and, and and I think he's got a bit of attack. And when he does the, you know, the fence and the offloads, you know, I think he could get close, but Haas isn't a suspension risk and an injury risk like the TPJ is as well. Is it, is it that-
1: um, the only concern with Haas is the syndesmosis that he suffered at the end of last year, but syndesmosis don't have any long-term effect. So that's the only injury concern that he's had. Um, under or over 75 points a game for Payne Haas in 22?
0: Yeah, I think he'll be... I think over, you know, just what I saw from him, just what I saw from him when Lodge left, it was just like this guy, he just went Lodge who I'll, I'll do Lodge's job. You know, like yeah. he, he is just so good. Such a, he's, he's, I mean, there was front rowers in, in in over the game that you enjoyed watching. You know, I enjoyed watching Webkey, you know, I enjoyed, you know, watching Siva, you know, like those punchy, you know, mobile, Oh, WebQ wasn't mobile, but they were just little competitors. You know, they were he's workers. just
1: different Haas, isn't he? Haas is just, Haas is just a, a weapon. Like He's such an anomaly. Like, he is... I worry that he burns out by the time he's 26 because the Broncos <laughs> are going to ask him to play 80 minutes a game and he burns out. But right now, like, I don't know. He is He is entering... Remember how we used to talk about Tamalolo like four years ago, how he's like the best modern forward of all time? Like, I yeah. feel like we're getting into pain, Haas. He is, he is a freak. Yeah. Um, are we stretching it to, say, Tony Staggs in this gun category? average 62 last year price at like an average of like
0: 49 I think so yeah yeah i think you know stags i've heard some people say to me you know stags is not as good as everyone you know says he is you know but when he does play he is good you know and the the average is good when he plays i think people are taking into account you know the injury injury prone and limited games that he's played but He's not even a risk at four hundred thirty-three thousand. I mean, I don't know if I'd call him. You know, I, I mean, I'd call him probably in, the, in this set. of we? He's in?
1: better than a midi, but he's not quite that gun level. Uh, yep. Um, but it could, be, it could
0: you,
1: be. you say that he looks. He look, He isn't. He isn't good. What, what people say. I mean, no one's going to look good in Brodie Croft. It's feeding your ball. Like <laughs> he's got. He's got Adam Reynolds there now. A half that's going to square up the line and give him space, which is exactly what
0: Stags needs. And look, you know, this year, you know, if you want to save some money, you can save it in the centre wing. You don't go a Garrick, You know, you can get a couple of good four hundred k options. And Stags will get you a hundred at times because he can streak away for a try, and he's got pretty, he's got good base. So, you know, I, I I'm going to be starting with him in my team, and and I just think that there's value there, you know, and he's worth a punt because he's just one of those players that you can't take your eyes off him when you're watching, you know, and you'll ride him. Yeah, you know, I think that Hass and Stags are their best. Um, and their best options, yeah, you know, from from that team.
1: When it comes to the uh, Broncos, they've got South to start with. Now South in SunCorp, no Adam Reynolds, Cam Murray off the back of a dodgy shoulder. You've got a young half in Blake Taff, and sorry, Lachlan Elies, and you've got Blake Taff at fullback as well. Obviously, South are there for the picking at SunCorp. Then they go into the Bulldogs, the Cowboys, and the Warriors. So look, they could win. They could win four and zero. Like realistically, and then they play the Roosters at home, which not ideal. But Stags could get you off to a very very hot start. Um, I really like the fact that they play the South at Suncorp too, so I think that's a, that's a big advantage. So, yeah, I really like the Stags move. I don't really see any risk behind it whatsoever because even on his worst day, he's not gonna. He's priced at forty nine, right? Yeah. Even on his worst day, he's probably not going to go far below that. So, yeah, I like the Stags move. The only concern is obviously the games over the past eighteen months hasn't been heaps. But the quality is definitely there, and I really like the fact that Adam Reynolds is now inside of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree on all of those points. And and look, if he was five thirty, you know, I'd 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 think about it, you know. But four hundred and thirty, to me, it's you know, he's he. You go in with cheapies and two hundred ks, and you grab yourself a couple of four hundreds, or you go one seven hundred and you go all cheapies. So I've just gone
1: well, the, an can and a Stags. The fact that we've got like Will Panasini, uh, Isaac Cargo, even Oliver Guildhart, like there is. There is guys now around that 250 to three hundred k price range that you can put in, especially Pennasini, uh, Cobo and yep. Isaac Targo. These are guys that you can probably confidently play. And yep. you only need two of them if you're gonna go an eight can and a stags. So you only yep. need two of those chibies to be reasonable for you to play them. And it gives you the perfect excuse to play stags, especially if you aren't going clear or your turbo and stuff. You're gonna have more money to to have a more balanced side.
0: Yep. Agree. Um, look, other names that we can mention. Obviously, Capewell has gone over there as a marquee signing. I've crunched some numbers on Capewell. when he plays sixty plus minutes because I was doing with Tim Moody. I was doing. I was answering the question of for him, who do you want out of Capewell or Martin? And we did it on the sixty plus minutes. Um, look in the minutes sixty plus last year. The long and short of it is that he averaged fifty four point five. You know when he plays sixty minutes, his average last year was forty nine point one. So it's a little bit of better reading, you know, to the tune of five points. I really think in that pack over there, you know, he signed as a marquee signing, an origin player. What kind of minutes do you reckon, you know, for Cape Wall next year, realistically, in that pack?
1: Off the bench that I've got, so we've got Reese Kennedy, who's a middle. We've got Palisade, Rabadi, and Hetherington. Hetherington's not taking minutes off him either as Rhys Kennedy. Are we out of the realm to say he averages like 72, 73
0: minutes a game over yeah. the season? Yeah, well, that's what I reckon. I reckon he's definitely 70-plus, and I can see, you know, the average being, yeah, more upward towards that 75. That's why he wins for me to Martin, because I think Martin might get 55. Yeah,
1: very cold on Martin. I'm just, yep. Yeah,
0: very, very often. So so. In the equation between them, they both score about the same when they get 60 minutes, but that's the fact yeah, you know, but the fact is this year that he's gone into a role where he's going to play bigger minutes. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get seventy minutes in there. And you know, with the price of four hundred and thirty, based on what he does in sixty minutes, you're going to get sixty five out of him in seventy five minutes. Is, and I think is he, is he even is he
1: even the Broncos tour after we look at though, because Jordan Ricky averaged fifty two points a game. He's five uh, four fifty. He's young. He's going to get more experience. He's a bloke that hits the line very hard. If he was on Adam Reynolds' side, I'd be all over. He's on Albert Kelly's side. But Albert Kelly can still do things with the footy. So if we're going Ricky versus Capewell, where do you lean towards there?
0: I lean towards Capewell. And the reason why I lean towards Capewell is because he's been signed as a marquee. So I think if somebody's going to get subbed off, you know, there was actually times last year where they dropped Ricky, you know, and they weren't happy with a lot of Ricky's play. But when he was on there, I think he actually got a lot better as the year went on, you know. So, yeah, and the stats show that Ricky finished a year really well, you know, and he, and he scored, his average was pretty good. I just think this year, I can't see a world where Capewell doesn't get 70 minutes, Ricky, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know whether he, I don't don't feel a sold on his minutes or the the hundred percent that guarantee that he's rock solid in that team. You know, they bought, they bought Capewell and they bought Reynolds as their two marquee signings, you know, and he's an origin forward. I just think he's going to get 70 minutes and, I just trust a player getting seventy. Then you know, over someone, oh, if he was getting seventy minutes, uh, Ricky, I'd and I felt confident he was getting that same sort of minutes. I, I'd tr- I'd go him. You know, it just yeah. looks a little bit more attacking and better work rate. rate. It's yeah. just the minutes
1: that are a concern. Yeah. Um, do you want to touch on a couple of guys that we're avoiding? For me, obviously, Jemaine Psycho nearly five hundred K. I don't even have him in the seventeen. Uh, fantastic servant for a lot of sides last year. I think he started at 300k, averaged 70 through the first five rounds. Yep. It was really good, and because of that, he's now having inflated price tag. Um, hot take: I also have Adam Reynolds as a hard avoid. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to get caught up with the sentiment of him being in a new club. He's now the man. But South scored nearly 35 points a game. The Broncos score about 18 points a game. The average ain't going up. He averaged 58.1. He's going to lose a few points in goal-kicking. No matter how good the Broncos are, they aren't going to match what South did last year. He's going to lose some points in goal-kicking. I just Adam Reynolds is a huge avoid for me. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people with him in their sides, and I can't really understand it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never actually been, you know, for super coach, you know, as an NRL fan, I've loved A-Ray a- for a long time. I, you know, 58.1 last year, it's not anything that to, to get too excited about. And that's in a, a team that's got Latrell Mitchell. You know, it's got Cody Walker you know it's, it's runners like kloa Matangi it's kind of like the Broncos aren't quite there to compliment him to get the better out of him you know he's definitely going to have less talent you know to 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 work with this year so you know 528 you know he's, he's not for me either you know I've got him down as a as a You know, I I don't, or I've just, that's what I wrote. I don't know why people have got him. You know, that's what I wrote next to it. I just think, you know, if if you're going to go cheap in halfback, you know, you're not going to go Cleary, just go Sexton. You know, or go, you know, if you're sentimental and you think Sean Johnson is going to go well, being back at the Warriors, just take a punt on these other ones. You know, they've shown that they've got a little bit more.
1: Um, Is it it fair to say that we should be avoiding Albert Kelly as well? 528K. I feel like we saw his super coach best last year, same with Adam Reynolds. I don't really see the value going up. Albert Kelly could be a guy we pick up later down the year when that price maybe bottoms out. Um, but, yeah, for rounds one to five, 5.28 is just way too much, even if you want to get cute and go away from the grain with these uh, most popular sides. I know some people like to go pods, but I feel like Albert Kelly is probably a little bit too, too much of a stretch.
0: Yeah, yeah, not for me, because just because of some of the options that are presented, I think, that are, are better ones. Um, Who else did I write down? I mean, I wrote Carrigan himself. You know, four hundred and sixty-two yeah. average of fifty-two. You know, he sort of did the same as what Uticamano did. You know, but and he's at the same sort of price. The thing about him, he he's, is he second row forward only.
1: Um, yeah. I, I show you, I haven't even looked. But the thing is, uh, Stefano, big body can break the line, try scoring ability. Pat Carrigan, shorter, Nungadiya type build, will just churn through work. Yeah, Stefano isn't also coming off an ACL. So
0: and 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 Stefano improved, you know. His figures of fifty two was is blurred, you know, because of the the slower start to the year. So, um, look, you know, fifty two point eight is not a horrible horrible average, but you know, I just think there's better, you know, there's better play options. I think he's only second row forward. That's what I've got written down. So, that's that's a bummer if he is.
1: I I generally I generally am pretty good with my super coach knowledge, but it shows that I haven't even looked at him. I I don't even know what his position is. Edo, there are three guys I'm really keen on. Uh, yeah. Jordan Ricky, we touched on already. He's yeah. got to get the minutes though for him to be a, an option. I want to see how he goes in the trials. Um, Selwyn Cobbo, you and I have touched on him. I think every podcast that has Supercoach in the title has talking about Selwyn Cobbo. Mm. 320, 40 average last year. Gets through the work, has a really good build. Really passes the eye test as well. Available at center wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also want to get your thoughts on Tessie New. Yeah. Yeah, Tessie New at fullback average, I think low 60s. Available at center wing, 511k. If you're worried about you and Aitken and being too attack-orientated around him uh, because his base matched up with his sort of average, he was inflated by tries. If you are not sold on you and Aitken, do you spend the extra money and go somewhere like a Tessie New, who was a, a low 60s with the ability to improve in a better Broncos side uh, playing fullback?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. You know, I have him written down. You know, I have him written down as, you know, one of those mid- You know, slightly upper players. You know, he averaged fifty eight point three last year. You know, I just, I don't know. I think, you know, I think I'd probably, I'm I'm looking for those four hundred k type ones. You know, in in center wing. You know, I I would probably. Fifty k too too much. Yeah, if I was if I was looking at new, I'd probably go Momoroski. You know, that that's my thinking. Because he's kicking goals and he's in a, a super team. You know, and I don't know, but Tessie New was somebody who. Whilst he, when he cemented that spot, he looked a heck of a lot better, you know, and he was churning out good scores. So it's, I think it'd be one of those, it'd be a, a pod hunter type move, <laughs> you know, definitely.
1: I think he's similar to a Stefano as well. You have to look at the numbers between center and fullback compared yeah. to obviously like Stefano with off the bench and starting. So there's definitely some merit with Tessie New. I am in your camp as well, though, if he was 460, so if he was 50K cheaper, I think he enters the the fray, but being 5'11", it's probably a touch too expensive for round one. Uh, is there any other sort of X-factor guys you want to talk about, or do you want to get into the cheapies? I do have a, a couple. I'm sure you we've got the same cheapies because the Broncos have uh, a few of them.
0: Yeah, no, that was it. That was all I had written down. I I, I put down you know Jake Turpin at his three ninety four. I had a no next to him because I just think, you know, Randall and Grant, you know, the, the emergence of Randall allows you to do that option way easier. So I wouldn't be, you know, someone at average 45 last year. is not, not for me.
1: If you were on the fence about Grant, um, I think all your, your worries should be answered now. The fact that Randall has emerged, it makes it so much easier. Yep. Um, obviously, I've got Brandon Piacora. I don't really think he's going to be getting game time soon, um, but we'll be in the side eventually. I've also got Corey Pakes now, 205k available at half hooker. Mm-hmm. Hooker stocks ain't great. Do we, if Turpin goes down, do we think Kevy puts in Pakes or do they, do you think they go Hetherington? I personally think they go Pakes and keep Hetherington in that roaming role that he's in. So, 205k starting hooker, if anything happens to Turpin, definitely could be some merit there with Corey Pakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the price is right. I just, you know, oh, you know, He'd be somebody that you would contemplate you know if 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 he came in I guess and you could just wait and see. I, I don't know. yeah I just don't know I, I want to go it's the same as like um Pia Cora. you know I, I hate making a team sort of thinking about if if, if it happens and I don't think he's in there semi-
1: making a trade to get him out like you're just wasting one that's not needed.
0: Yeah. And so in the 17, I don't think he's going to be there unless there was an injury. I mean, Turpin did spend a little bit of time injured, but Kevy's the kind of person he's got he's brought Billy Walters to the club and Billy Walters played you know hookup just you know and took minutes off Harry Grant when he was there, you know. So I just don't feel like there's any huge guarantees. But you know, if he was to come in and he was 205k, that's why people are going that, you know, the the bloke up at the Titans, even though I don't think he's gonna come in and start. You know, even have a
1: top thirty deal yet, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, so it's probably going to be Aaron Clark. So you know, people can make their team. People sometimes are they're really reaching, and I see them post their team, and they're like, "Oh, look, you know, this team's going to dominate." And you're like, "Yeah, mate," but and you've I argue with, on the bench. Yeah, and I argue with some of them because it's just like, well, he's not going to play, mate. You know, and you've got him, and and it's really very speculative. And most likely, all of the the punters are saying. Aaron Clark's going to be in there. So you're really just, that's a non-spot you've got to find an extra hundred K because he's not going to play, you know? So I I think as
1: as super coaches, our hopefulness clouds our judgment. (laughs) I think we're, I think we're all victims of that. No matter how experienced, how long you've been playing, how good you think you are. We've all made poor judgment calls cough, Cody Ramsey cough about players that we think are going to have good outputs but don't get
0: yeah. the, the opportunity. I mean, last year I brought in RCG, the big Mo. I don't know why I did it. You know, I looked at something that tweaked my interest around origin time. I brought him in. And it's, always it one stat. It's,
1: it's always one stat, isn't it? You look at one thing, you're like, oh, shit, we're I think he went and
0: scored a couple of tries or something. I don't know. It was just silly. But, you know, I think that that's it. You know, you, you can make your team. Like I, I started off in my second row, it started, I, did, I didn't quite get as rich as David for feeder <laughs> because I've obviously got Cleary and I don't have that kind of money spare, but I had Angus, you know, and then when I started to fiddle with my team to think of actual likely 17s, you know, I, I had to go down. I went to Curran, you know, and then when I went down from Curran, I went to Murray and then I was, uh, eventually I got down to Matto because I, I didn't have the funds to do it. So if you're really trying to build a team that you know, I don't know if you can go midi madness, but I think this year you have got to, you know, I don't know if the, the the days are done where you go in with three nuffs. And I do, do I do that sometimes. Most years yeah. actually, I do nothing.
1: I've, I've always been against nothing this early, but especially next year, especially next year with with COVID. Like I feel you're going to have to have a deep bench. Um, and I'll I'll give my two words of wisdom: go go more expensive right now. If you're building your team and you're looking between player A and player B, go more expensive, for obvious reasons come teamless Tuesday, it's, it's much easier to downgrade to the other guy that you prefer, and you can free up funds that way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. I make a team with Cleary in it, and I can live with the rest of my team. If he doesn't track and and you know come into that round one team, mate, I've got some money. Now, I've got 500K, basically.
1: Yeah, you d- 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 drop the sexton. There's there's 500K just to to go back from your Matto to your Angus or your, your Selwyn Cobo to a to a Jack Bird-type figure if he plays lock, you know, like, these are the moves that you can make. Um, you can you can then upgrade someone like a Stefano to a Haas if you drop down. So you're going the more expensive route, I feel, is always better. Because then, yeah, like you, man, I've been sent some teams where people just have 173k nafs on the bench. I'm like, okay, like what if what if when none of these guys get named, what are you going to do? You're going to have to pull apart your side to find an extra 500k to upgrade those guys.
0: Yep. And, you know, I I know that it's it's kind of hard to compare BBL, you know, to NRL, but I think you're going to need a playable bench this year. You know, we've made in the past, okay, you know, slow burn type, you know, I think someone like um, Targo is great. You know, he's a, he's a great reserve. If, if he's not someone that you have to play, you know, you could play him very easily, but that's a strong reserve, you know, and. Someone like Cobbo, if you're not having to play him, is a strong reserve. So uh, that's the way I'm probably trying to set up my team with a very playable, I, I, you know, when I do my team now, I could probably pick six that are, are actual playable. So I'm not even picking Randall as a reserve, which I probably will because that's 50-plus tackles probably. Yeah. You get that in just you know, tackles alone. But that's my point is I think if you want to take a look at your team, yeah, build it, you know, build it with reality. You know, the reality five, is... is
1: five six bench guys you've hit nail no on the head mate like that's the number because if anything happens to one of your reserves you're not forced to you know put the reserve on joseph swali and hope he gets named like you've got someone there to back up yeah uh, which i think is is the key
0: yeah well i mean that's the broncos and that's the tigers you know in a nutshell i think you know with the broncos you know they've got some options know Hass has obviously one that is a slam dunk you're not going to regret having him you in your team i don't mind the price actually as well um you know, and I think I'm I'm, I'm big on K-pop. Uh, I, I know people probably owned him was when he was dual, and it was great because you pick him in center wing, and now he's only second row forward. But I always look for players who, won a of for a reason or if their role improves, and I just see bigger minutes for him. So I think he's a good option, you know, for teams. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take a, a, a punt on Staggs. I, I do understand where people come from, where he ha- has got an injury in him, you know, definitely. You know, and what, how many games did he play last year? Six, you know, so yeah. So, I mean, but you're going to just hope that that doesn't happen. And while you've got him, he's going to score pretty well. I think he's going to score pretty consistently. So they've got some options, you know, the Broncos. And um, I've got, I've got got a few of them in my team. I've got uh, Stags, I've got Cobo, I've got Capewell in my team. I've got probably their best one not in my team. I've got Uticamano and I've got TBJ in the front row.
1: I also have three. I've got Haas, Cobo and Stags. One question before I finish up with you today, mate. Broncos, hmm. are they finals bound next year or this year?
0: I don't think so. I don't have them in my um, top eight, but I, I really wouldn't put it past them. You know, what did I put as, I'm, you know, I'm a Raiders supporter and I haven't even got us in the eight. You know, I've got us yeah. in, in ninth. I think that, you know, from about 12 up to eight, I think it could be anyone. So it's not out of the realm.
1: Literally, my point. I've got the Broncos in ninth. Yeah. I wouldn't be as I wouldn't be surprised to see them in seventh. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in twelfth.
0: Yeah, in my team, I had them at twelfth. You know, which is an improvement on prior years. You know, but I've got them actually behind the Knights, who I've dropped you know down on since I posted that. So I probably move them up to eleventh. You know, I think the Warriors might have a bit of an improve this year. I've got the Raiders at ninth, but that's probably wishful thinking, you know, being a Raiders fan. Naturally, you're going to put them in the ninth position and the other teams lower. But I think it's going to be an improvement year for the Broncos. I didn't mind some of what I saw from them late last year as well. I think they've bought well. You know, I think they needed a good half like Reynolds and they lured him over. I don't mind, you know, the purchases of, you know, Capewell and um, Ryan James. And I think they're good purchases. They've got a lot of up and coming youngsters as well. So They've got to be better this year, even though kevy's a bit of a lunatic coach, you know, he's one of those crazy ones.
1: I don't mind. An, the- in, an interesting stat about the Broncos. So they had 24 games last year, like every time. They had seven wins, 17 losses. They went six and six at home, which if you want to play finals 40, that's probably got to be close to eight and four, seven and five. But one and 11 away from home, that needs to be fixed up. You can't be winning one game and 11 losses when you're not at home. You've got to look at Melbourne Storm. I think they went 11 and one. So obviously they're not the Melbourne storm, but if you want to play finals footy, try and get up to maybe five wins, four or five wins away from home and maybe try and creep up towards seven wins at home. And yeah, you'd be, you'd be close enough there. Cause I don't think, I think there's six sides that separate themselves. uh, Parramatta Manly. And then your top four, your traditional top four Panthers, South Storm and Roosters. And then, yeah, you can throw a blanket over the sharks and the Titans. And then I think you've got, Yeah, another sort of four or five teams, including the Raiders, the Broncos, the Warriors. Um, Yeah, with those guys that will probably be fighting for those bottom parts of the the ladder.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this year as well. Some clubs have recruited very well. And I think... We, we do say that there's a gap between the top probably four or five teams and the rest, but I think the gap is, I don't, you know, I don't think it's actually as far as it was last year. You know, the Bulldogs are not going to probably, everyone's like their top eight material this year. I think give them a year, you know, to get used to each other a little bit more. I think they've recruited very well, but it doesn't all happen straight away for a team. You know, I think someone like the, um, I think it's going to be a return to finals for the Sharks. You know, you can't buy McInnes, Vanucane, you know, and and uh, Nico Hines, nice. and not be better. The, the Sharks are actually better than we thought last year. They were close, you know, to making the eight, and yeah, so they're going to be improvers this year. You know, I think there's going to be improvement from the Bulldogs. I think the Raiders are going to improve. I just think that because you know, you
1: got a side like the Knights who made finals footy last year, but we all expect the Knights to. To struggle this year. So,
0: yeah. So, I think that there's going to be some teams that give, you know, these other top teams a run sometimes. I may not win them, but they're going to gas them more because it's not going to be as an easy and as easy a win for them. Um, I'm excited for this year. I think, you know, I'm worried about, you know, interruptions with COVID and stuff, but, you know, super coach wise, I'm glad they didn't change too much, you know, in the rules. Did you see some of the things for the gold subscribers? You can see VC percentages and stuff. Some of that stuff's really good.
1: Yeah. Um, for, for many years, people have always debated whether SC goal has been worth. I've always been in the camp that it is. Uh, more resources better. It's not much money. It's $20, bucks, um, which could be a lot to some people, I understand. But for the $20, there's a lot of value there. Um, I pay a little bit more. I'm just a Daily Telegraph subscriber, so I get all the articles as well. But yeah, I really like what the scB coach are doing. Uh, I feel like they, they were sort of dragged through the mud between 2017 and 2020. I think a lot of people were off them and some interest died down and, and I think they've, they've understood that. I think they've worked out that interest has died down and you have to appeal to the casual because they could do anything and you and I are going to make a podcast next year saying we're playing. Like they could do anything and we'll always be here, but it's the casual guys you need to bring in. And I think they're doing a fantastic job of bringing those guys in, which, which is what we need.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, they've done some good um, uh, updates on draft as well. And I'm a, I'm a draft yeah,
1: player. So keen, to that, so keen for that. Yeah. Um, mock drafts are fantastic. Look, it was my first year of NFL fantasy. NFL fantasy draft is, is so, so good. So your expectations are set high, um, but they are moving in the, right, in the right step. And I think the argument has always been draft has been forgotten about, but draft is gaining popular, a popularity year on year. So give it two or three years. And I think draft will be definitely up to scratch with it when it comes to classic.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. I mean, it's, it's been good to have you on. I mean, talking about, the west tigers you know i wanted to get someone who was a tigers fan because obviously i don't know a lot about i mean i didn't know who's going to come in and be an option for the center i probably thought just i probably thought it was going to be peachy you know just probably because he's so versatile but yeah. it's good to chat you know down you know further down the track and i didn't know how long capo is out for you know as well so it's good to chat um hopefully we get you i was telling tim you know one of the things i'm doing this year actually my poor long-suffering mrs kim you know, she sometimes plays super coach and picks a team on good looking players, you know, and then stops. I feel playing. you there, mate. I feel you there. <laughs> so Jordan Ricky was in the team. She styles after a couple of weeks. But we've made a deal this year. She's going to have a team, and I'm going to have guests on my show, you know, over the year, and they're going to make her trades for her. We've I got. I feel
1: like we need to get a THC Podmasters WAGs Cup. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We need to get all the
1: misses involved, and we ought to be transparent. We ought to let them do it. Yeah. Well, uh, I,
0: reckon that, I reckon that'd be a good idea. It would be a good idea. I'm playing head to head, her versus me, and all my guests on the show make her trades for her. And if if she oh. beats if she beats me, you know, overall for the end of the year, three months of, of half an hour massage a day from me, that's her prize. So brutal. It's brutal, you know. So. You know, I'm going to get Tim Moody on my first show because who better than last year's winner to make her first couple of trades for her? Ex- she's going to have to pick expect- her starting Expectations
1: down. are set high if you're starting off with uh,
0: with uh the lurker. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. So, you know, she's every chance, actually, because I'm a bit of a wild super coach player. I make some odd choices and stuff. So if she's got some sensible people making choices for her, you know, maybe she's a chance of, of jagging the massages. But,
1: yep, right, mate. Kim, I'll Kim Dubs it. and I'll talk, crew. I'll talk her into I'll talk her into Cody Ramsey come mid- mid-year for you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, she's, you know, I've, I've been throwing a few names at her saying why, you know, Capewell versus Martin, and I'm, I'm giving her sort of multiple choice and seeing who she wants to pick. So she's like, give me a look at what they look like. Now she always says that. And she picks. So she's got a pretty good starting lineup going so far, but that's going to be something fun we do this year. She's going to try to win the massages, but uh, we'll get you back on again sometime, you know, obviously later in the year, but it was a pleasure Very- having you on.
1: Very, very excited, mate. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, hopefully, I provided some kind of insight as to how poor Target Town is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, is Magic going to be the first coach sacked this year? It's got to be him or Cowboys bloke.
1: Yeah, him or him or um, yeah, him or Payton. Look, I've, I've got faith that they sack Peyton first. Um, but hey, look, if we sack Magic first, that means we we won something. So maybe, maybe <laughs> that, would be that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, cheers for coming on. We'll talk again soon, eh? Thanks, mate. Cheers. The Whisperer came on the Adrianosaurus show. We chatted Tigers and we chatted the Broncos too. It was good. I enjoyed chatting with you. Hopefully we get you on again to talk Supercoach real soon. Supercoach, it's officially opened. I like some of the changes that they've made in the rules. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Whisperer. Bye.